Welcome to Cryptids of the Corn. Each week, Justin and Jay take a look at a topic in the crypto and paranormal world. They focus on the Midwest and Appalachia of the U.S., but sometimes they venture out. With everything from well-known monster sightings to one-off cryptids, live person interviews to actual fieldwork sneaking in some science lessons, there's sure to be something you'll enjoy. Please join us this episode of Cryptids of the Corn. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Cryptids of the Corn podcast. I am the great and powerful mystery. And I am a little bit hungover today, Jay. <laughs> and like I said, together we're Crypts of Corn podcast. But today we're being joined by some very special guests. Jay, would you like to introduce our guest? Yes, we are joined by another podcast, Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy. We're joined by Jane and Declan. Say hi, Jane and Declan. Hi. Hey, I thought the thing dropped there for a second. I was worried. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so... so- Sorry, Jay. I cut you off. Well, I was going to have them. Can you guys introduce us and our listeners, our friends, to who you are and what your podcast is all about? Definitely. So uh, I'm Declan. I'm the son. I'm Jane. I'm the mom. I always love it when they say that. There's the (laughs) intros. Right. And... Uh, can you like just give us a quick little explanation of like what you guys do? Elevator your show? pitch. Yes, your elevator pitch. <laughs> Definitely. Go for it, Declan. So we tell one story each, uh, trying to stay within the brutal and bizarre categories. So that could be murders. That that's typically what we cover <laughs> in our brutal part, but. <laughs> We do some other stuff like aliens and uh, some just weird disappearances mm-hmm. for our bizarre side. And we always bring a special cocktail with us that pairs to one of our stories. Uh, it's it's a really awesome show, everybody. Um, please check them out. There will be links in the description below, all that, like I normally do. But how we met each other, I think you uh, messaged my wife saying how much you liked our show. Yeah. And Emily's like, oh, you should have him on the show. I'm like, yeah, get him on. Because uh, Emily loves your guys' show. I love your show, too. Don't get me wrong. But Emily's awesome. Like, you got, she, I think you messaged her, and she, I think at that point, you guys had eight or seven episodes out. Yeah, just a couple. And she had already listened to yeah. them all before she came and talked to me. Oh, nice. So she was That's really great. excited. But yeah, it's, it cool. was cool. It's definitely, you guys have a really neat, cool concept. I love it. And I love getting drunk, so. Yeah, it's a lot of good hey. crossover with yeah, us. Yeah. <laughs> as as do we. So yeah. Yes. <laughs> you could fit right into Ohio. <laughs> but not Wisconsin. Okay. We have a rivalry with Wisconsin. It's just a thing. We do it on the okay. show all the time. Well, I have to say I've never been to either. So Well, you're not missing much for Wisconsin. Ohio's got really good mounds. <laughs> okay. So it's America's Scary Land, Nick and Jake. They're another podcast. We have a lot of fun with them. Nice. So it's a bit of rivalry we do. But I'm going to let you guys take the wheel on this. Sounds good. So, Declan, you're bringing us a bizarre story today, right? Yes. Today I'll be talking about Theresa and beer and the disappearance. Mm. All right. I'm looking forward to that one. 
Yeah, I think you and, sent me the, the link for that. And it's a very interesting story, but it was very hard to find information for it. I know, because it's, it's, it's an older story and, you know, there wasn't a lot. I think everybody kind of knows what happened with that, but they kind of went, uh, okay. It's so. hard, yeah. Disappearances. Yeah. Our show loves disappearances, apparently. It's our, yeah. number one, <laughs> our number one episode is of uh, Missing 4 and 1. Oh, nice. Oh, so, yeah, those are, yeah, we those like are those. super interesting. Yeah. So what and are you going to be telling us about today, Mom? I am going to be telling you about the... It's a case out of Jersey because it's going to go with the drink that I have, which is the Jersey Devil in honor of our mm. our fellow podcasters today, the Cryptids of the Corn. I, I wanted to bring something that would link with their uh, concept too. So the, the drink I've got, the Jersey Devil, this is what is in the drink. It is four ounces of cranberry juice, two ounces of apple cider, one ounce of apple brandy or apple liqueur and of course there's garnishes involved but as i am always too lazy to put on a garnish i did not have a garnish today <laughs> we did the same thing <laughs> yeah i mean same. the garnish is just for show mm -hmm. i don't care about the garnish <laughs> but no i love the drink i actually asked jay to add it to our local bars menu oh nice oh sweet nice. it could be a halloween special will you do it for me oh that would be good just for <laughs> you i know you will just for you so the steps in this drink are to mix all the liquid ingredients in a glass with ice and stir and then garnish with those apple slices if you want. I did find some other um, recipes for this that had much larger quantities so that you could turn it into a punch if you were having oh. it for a group gathering kind of thing. That's smart. So in honor of the Jersey Devil drink... I wanted to give a little history about the Jersey Devil, which is a cryptid that the drink is named after. It originated in the Pine Barrens area of South New Jersey in the U.S. It's usually described as horrifying. I don't ever want to come across this thing. <laughs> a flying two-legged animal that has cloven hooves, the wings that are leathery bat-like wings, it has a head that's shaped like a horse or a goat with horns. Terrible. Small arms with claws. All I can think about is a T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there are other variations in the descriptions, but those were the basic uh, bullet points of descriptions that I found. It's, it's also a weird called the... amalgamation of animal parts. Right? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like an evil scientist built that in his basement. <laughs> for sure. Uh, it's also called the Leeds Devil and mm -hmm. is rumored to have been the 13th child of Mother Leeds, who cursed the baby when she found out she was pregnant again, which I completely understand. <laughs> 13 kids. If, yeah. If I had if I had been pregnant that many times, I would have cursed something as well. So. <laughs> 13 kids uh, we, when we did the episode it was like that and it wasn't unusual today i think a lot what we we talked about like a lot of families had eight to nine because four or five of them died before they were a year old right she had really so you just success. kept having kids yeah yeah plus she needed 
ranch hands to help Work, you on right. your farm yeah. and things like that. So just gotta keep throwing it at the wall till something sticks, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so you mentioned your podcast, your episode. I was going to say that if anyone is more curious about further details of the Jersey Devil, to check out your podcast, Cryptids of the Corn, season one, episode forty. Because you guys went into really good details about it, and I thought you should get the credit for doing all that work that I just looked at Wikipedia and found a description. (laughs) Well, thank you. We're known for uh, taking the long way around on a lot of these, (laughs) not letting any of the little details go. Uh, Yeah. That's great. Yeah, we're famous for the Mothman. Dude, what do we did? Nine hours on the Mothman or something stupid? It's a long time. <sighs> it was wow. That's long. Stupid. We about killed each other. <laughs> was that just one episode, or did you split that into multi? It was three episodes that were three hours long. Oh, wow. Oh wow. It was. That's awesome. That's dedication. Oh, we went down and actually walked around everything and everything. We drove to Point Pleasant. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Boots on the ground. Yep. Sweet. Got our feet wet. That's fun. That's fun. All right, shall we get into this yes, story that I have linked to the Jersey Devil drink? So, although the Jersey Devil originated in the US, this story is actually out of Jersey in the UK because I wanted something that was not a lot of the New Jersey crimes people have done till you know, we're all blue in the face. And this was something that I hadn't heard of before. And it was kind of fairly current. Some uh, changes happened with this uh, in the law. So we'll get into it. Uh, Many of us have heard about double jeopardy. In the US, it is a clause in the Fifth Amendment that prohibits someone from being prosecuted twice for the same crime. In the UK, it is a rule with the same basic premise that you cannot be prosecuted for the same crime twice if you have been acquitted of that crime. However, in 2003, there was a change to that rule in the UK, which proved problematic for the criminal in our story today. Our story today takes place in Jersey, which is the largest of the Channel Islands that sit between England and France. In a ground floor flat, In August of 1990, 85-year-old Emma Anton, who lived in Paris, was visiting her niece, 59-year-old Barbara Griffin. They were staying in Barbara's flat in Jersey. At around 2 in the morning, an intruder removed some of his clothing outside of the bathroom window. He broke into the flat through the window and began attacking Emma, stabbing her multiple times. Barbara heard the attack and tried to intervene and protect her aunt. At some point after the attack, Barbara was able to call the emergency line, I believe it's 999 there, and requested assistance. During the altercation, Barbara was stabbed in the heart and she died a few hours later. Barbara's aunt, Emma, survived the attack though. When the police arrived, they began investigating and collecting evidence and interviewing neighbors. So because of the weather at the time and the time of year, uh, it was really warm and a lot of people had their windows open. So that's where they got a lot of the witness accounts Mm. was people heard conversations happening that ended up being evidence. They saw things that ended up leading to the apprehension of their suspect. But 
they reported, the witnesses reported seeing a man who was partially clothed running away from the scene carrying a bundle of his clothing. So apparently this guy thought that if he didn't have his clothes on, he would leave less evidence. So he took off his clothes before he went in. And he also had, uh, he had an extra pair of socks so that he could put them on his hands to prevent uh, leaving any fingerprints. What year was this again? And 1990. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but... That apparently this guy was like, oh yeah, that's what all of us criminals do. <laughs> we just we, we have extra socks so that we can put them on our hands. Yeah. I'm gonna guess yeah, the gene pool on the island of Jersey is not that big. It's shallow gene pool. Might not be with that. Um, but we all I do. just realized we didn't sample the drink. Oh, yeah, I know. I was waiting for you. Yeah, but... I, <laughs> I, I missed it. I got into the story. All right, here's our drink. Let's give it a shot. I like. I already drank mine. <laughs> it's good. It is good. really yeah. good. That's crazy good. It's, it's like almost a, Washington apple. I was gonna say a good twist on a Washington apple. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's good. Uh, okay. I'm sorry to take All you right. out of the story. No, that's okay. I did it to myself because I. I was staring at my drink thinking I haven't tasted that yet. Um, okay. So they carry, he was carrying a bundle of clothing because he had taken off his clothes before. He <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Weird dude. Um, eventually the suspect was identified as 21 year old Ricky Tregascus and he was charged five days after the event. Hmm. Tregascus was remanded to prison until the trial took place. That occurred in September and October of 1991, so the following year. Unfortunately, none of the physical evidence that was collected at Tregascus's house and at Barbara's house confirmed that he was the suspect. So they basically just depended on the witnesses mm. saying this was who I saw. Uh, part of what was overheard was he was talking to a guy about i'm going to go break into this house and i want you to come help me and his friend was like nah i'm good but one of the neighbors overheard it because all the windows were open mm. and it was hot so they weren't sleeping so they heard this conversation so uh the friend that uh was talking to him about this burglary was scheduled to testify but he he had claimed that before the attack on Emma and Barbara, that Tregascus had asked him if he wanted to come along while he committed a burglary because he was in need of some money. The witness also claimed that after the attacks, Tregascus had confessed he was responsible and had enjoyed killing Barbara. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah. But the witness got cold feet and he left town the day before the trial began. So... Tregascus ended up being acquitted of the charges in 91 and he went on his merry way. After his release, he spent a few years under the radar, but in 1994, Tregascus had a criminal associate stabbed a nightclub doorman. Both received criminal sentences for the attack, but Tregascus was paroled in 97. Oh, we got back so, out again? Yeah, yeah. He just keeps going. He's in and out. Was he naked a, when he stabbed the other guy? 
<laughs> I, I'm going to guess not okay. because it was just in front it. of a nightclub, but he maybe might. he was. I don't know. Maybe that's his thing. He's like, I just, yeah. you know, got to walk around stabber. naked stab people. Yeah. Yeah. With socks on my sure. hands. So- the really? only thing he's wearing is socks on his hands. Socks. Yep. <laughs> I really so, don't want to be killed by a naked man with socks on his head. Right. I was just thinking. <laughs> Terrifying to be killed, but that sight has got to be the worst. <laughs> but that guy didn't die. So the nightclub didn't the nightclub uh doorman didn't die. He just didn't do a lot of Tregaskis didn't do a lot of time for it. He just did a couple of years. Hmm. So he was paroled and a few months after his parole, he this guy's great. He was at a Chinese restaurant when he encountered Michael Josie. In Tregaskis' opinion, Michael Josie looked at him the wrong way. Mm. And (laughs) that pissed him off to the point that he waited for Michael to come outside of the restaurant, attacked him, and then proceeded to kick Michael in the head, which was up against a wall, and it killed him. I bet it did. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Tregaskis was not immediately a suspect in the killing of Michael Josie. He actually went to visit his sister in another town and confessed to her about killing Michael Josie. He told her it made him feel good to kill a man with his bare hands. Hmm. So this guy is just a piece of work. Interesting Um, fella. Yeah. Right. His sister finally told the police about this confession a few months later and Tregaskis was arrested. It took almost two years for him to be convicted of Michael Josie's death, and he received a life sentence for murder with a minimum term of 20 years before he could be considered for parole. In 2009, police started reviewing several outstanding cases that were considered unsolved. And Barbara Griffin's case, the woman who died in the beginning, Mm -hmm. Her case was one that the investigators started looking deeper into. Um, Because he had been acquitted, they considered it an unsolved murder. So they started looking into it again. Senior investigator Lee Turner was assigned to the case. He began researching it with fresh eyes. He knew that Tregaskis was identified as a suspect in 1990, but he also knew that he had been acquitted. So he really wanted to look at everything more in depth during his investigation. He started to uncover more evidence pointing to Tregaskis. It was also important to note that the evidence did not point to any other suspects. So Mm. he's like, this is, this has got to be our guy. So going back to the double jeopardy, it was a rule in the UK still is, but it changed some, there were some changes that were made to it in 2003 that allowed for re-examination of cases that there had been an acquittal. So in order to do this, investigators would gather more evidence, present it to the attorney general, and then the attorney general could take all that information to the court of appeals. And then if it was adequate, then the court of appeals would overturn the acquittal. And that's what happened in this one. The new evidence had to be considered compelling and reliable uh, in order for them to try that suspect again. So in 2022, Tregaskis was uh, tried again. 
and he was convicted. Uh, during that second trial, four people testified to statements that Tregascus made to them. They all stated that Tregascus had confessed to them that he got away with murder of Barbara and the attack on Emma. He bragged that he had been acquitted and could not be tried again. Because he thought, double jeopardy, right. I'm good. He didn't keep up on laws changing. So all four witnesses were not connected to each other. They weren't friends necessarily with each other, but they were friends or acquaintances of his. Hmm. And they confessions all occurred at different times. So they considered him to be reliable confessions. There were details and confessions that correlated with other evidence as well. The witnesses were a couple of Tregascus's friends, including the friend that was supposed to testify in the first trial, but got cold feet. He changed his mind after he found out that Tregascus had killed Michael Josie. He was like, if I had showed up, that guy wouldn't be dead. Right. So he felt guilty. Uh, one of the other uh, four that were testified was his sister the one he confessed to about Michael Josie and turned him in for that. She was like, yeah, I'm done with this guy. And then it was also a former roommate of Tregascus that had testified. The result of the second trial was different than the first. And the families of Barbara and Emma finally received justice when Tregascus was convicted and sentenced to life in prison with a minimum of 20 years before he's eligible for parole. So the moral of the story is if you get acquitted, Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> I yeah, mean, honestly, if you got away with something, don't be bragging. Yeah, hey, don't write a book. And... Yeah. 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 So, and that is my story of Ricky Tregascus, the killer in Jersey, Woo. to go with our delicious Jersey Devil drink. Yeah. It had, it had brutal and bizarre all, all over it. <laughs> right. Yeah, especially naked man stabbing you naked, naked man wearing socks, socks on his, on his hands. hands that's yeah. not the way you want to go down for sure i don't know if that's more brutal or more bizarre say, that should be t-shirt art for you guys yeah <laughs> i know a no guy kidding. Yeah. i like that always got to think of merch yeah, yeah. yeah. a naked sock-handed man just running down an alley yes. holding a knife yeah yep like a I just imagine running like a crab. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why either. <laughs> I don't. Oh gosh, that was yeah. Yeah, I'm glad he's in prison. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, the other thing that I mean, not really relevant to the case, but he um, is in wheelchair now because he has, I think it was MS, if I mm. remember correctly. Mm. And so he's confined to a wheelchair, and he's going to be in prison for the rest of his life in a wheelchair and. Well, he can't kick nobody Just, in the head anymore. I was going to say, he can't kick anybody to death. Right. Yeah, yeah. That'd be a little difficult. He might <laughs> run their toes over so. or something, but that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> that is a very interesting true crime story. I think everybody's going right. to love it because we don't do a lot of true crime, so that's awesome. Mm. Yeah. With a happy ending. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he's in prison for, for sure. life. Yeah, with two people dead. Yep. Plus, well, maybe I mean, more. He was gonna, there was going to always be those two people dead. <laughs> yeah, he could be out free. <laughs> True. Okay. Touche. Yeah. <laughs> he finally got the justice he deserved. Man. I just So kinda... Declan. Oh, sorry, oh, go no. ahead. There I was just a glitch. Trying to say I kinda wanted to witness him like kicking that guy in the head. It seems pretty impressive. 
What? <laughs> you freaking monster? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it had to be a pretty powerful kick to end someone's life. I think it was. Well, it was against a wall. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He's kicking it wasn't really the, the kick, I'm sure, that did it in. I think it was the reverberation off the concrete wall. I mean, was it like a flying drop kick or something? We were talking about I, that I, before the show. I know, it's weird. Yeah. I think it was repeated kicks and kind oh. of curb stomping oh, okay. towards a wall. Kind I'll of show thing. you after the episode. No, thank you. I, can, I get the image. We'll go outside. Yeah, okay. So, Declan, what do you have for us? So today I'm talking about the disappearance of Theresa Ann Beer. On June 1st, 1987, 16-year-old teenager Theresa Ann Beer and a man named Russell Welch, who was 43, went camping in California's Sierra Nevada mountain range. Beer was considered a slow learner and bounced around foster homes for most of her life. She eventually ended up living with an uncle named John Richmond, and he was a an acquaintance of Russell Welch. The two had planned this trip. The two had planned this trip specifically to look for the legendary Bigfoot. Welch has stated that he'd seen Bigfoot in the woods before, so he returned with Beer to try and find him. Several days after leaving for the camping trip, Russell returned home without Beer in his company. When authorities questioned him about why he returned without beer, he stated that while they were hunting for Bigfoot, the two managed to actually spot the Sasquatch. And after seeing it, supposedly beer took off after it, leaving Welch behind. I don't think that's what happened. That's what <laughs> gonna say. <laughs> How old did you say she was? 16. Yeah. Yeah, 43-year-old. Hmm. Huh. Um, yeah. Sasquatch. He's 43 <laughs> and she's 16. Sasquatch. And he's not her dad. Right. Sasquatch. No. Yeah. <laughs> so after this ha- happened, uh, Welch returned home alone. And upon hearing this, the authorities launched an investigation and a search in the area where they were camping at. Uh, but the search dogs weren't even able to pick up her scent in the area. So it's it's pretty clear that she probably wasn't even there. Well, During their investigation, yeah. some of Beer's friends had mentioned that she was going Bigfoot hunting on June 1st and that they hadn't heard or seen from her since. Authorities arrested Welch on June 11th and charged him with abducting Beer. However, they couldn't prove Welch had taken her against her will. They also found no evidence that Welsh had killed Beer, although authorities understood that the Bigfoot abduction sounded pretty stupid. <laughs> so they dropped their charges against Welsh and released him. And over 30 years have passed since Theresa disappeared and no one's ever been convic- convicted to date. Hmm. Bigfoot. Oh. Well, Bigfoot definitely took her. <laughs> right. We do know, though, is some Bigfoot... Uh... Oh, we've done Bigfoot kidnappings on here. Yeah, and they what do they like, you know, um, or they're interested in is usually younger people, kids, you know, they, they Are you guys are you this guy's attorney? Right, yeah, I know, right. Um, <laughs> case for him. No, but we have come across those. No, we have they, do, they like, do they do like watching kids, but mm-hmm. uh <clears throat> some kidnappings we've done stories of that, but I mean it's just an odd circumstance that it, one person in this story is gone. Well, I was going to say, even the bloodhound thing was like, yeah, the bloodhounds didn't find nothing. I doubt she, uh, I doubt yeah. she made it out to the Sierra Nevadas. Hmm. 
Yeah, true. You couldn't pick up any scent. There's right. There's a high chance she was never even there. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's that's actually, I mean, if you were gonna do something shady and you you tell everybody you were in a different area, yeah, I, I was. You know, I was in this part of the woods, not that part of the woods where I left the body. Yeah. Huh. Or because back in the eighties, is that what she said? The late eighties. Yeah, eighty-seven. Okay, there, there's no like way to track if he said he was in you know woods A versus woods B. They're gonna just go okay. He said he was over here, and that's what they're gonna go with. Or he never even took her they're up not there. Tracking his cell phone. Right, yeah. 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 I wonder if the bloodhounds could track him, like if his scent was there in those woods. Oh. You're about thirty yeah. years too late, but I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> wonder why they didn't work wow. that angle. That's really sad that they couldn't charge him with anything. It's yeah. yeah. And the fact that her dad was a friend of his is just even more sad. Yeah, and she was yeah. a foster her, kid her, too. Right? Because it wasn't stepdad, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Right, yeah. Whatever. So she had no family blood ties to this at all. That's very biz- yeah. bizarre. <laughs> Side question. What do you guys think about Bigfoot? This is our make a break moment. Okay. I, I believe in him. I I think there's some in Oregon too around us. <laughs> I think you guys have a lot of. Well, them. you had an experience too, didn't you, Declan? That you were like, I don't know what the hell that was. Yeah. I don't know if that was Bigfoot or like shadow people, but I saw a big like silhouette in the middle of the woods like one night. It was it was pretty freaky. Ooh. Well, one I'm not scared of. I've seen both. One I'm not scared of. One I am a lot of. They're definitely scared of. Which one are you I've scared of? I've never seen... Yeah, which one are you scared oh, of? Oh, shadow people. Okay. Yeah, okay. Good answer. Yeah. A Bigfoot, that, that's a freaky I, entity. We, we talk about Bigfoot a lot. I really don't think you're in a lot of danger if you don't push them like any other pretty much animal. You know, they obviously mm-hmm. avoid us like the plague. Unless you're a little girl or something. Well, I mean, they only abducted... Right, unless you're a 16-year-old girl. Yeah. yeah. With her uncle's friend or what? 43-year-old. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, he probably was just saving her. Yeah, he might have saved the girl. It was Harry. Yeah, from Harry right. and the Andersons, yeah. Like, now there's hybrids. <laughs> now there's hybrids roaming the oh, gosh. Oregon woods. <laughs> or wherever that was. <laughs> Sierra Mountains. Sierra Nevadas. Right. Sierra, yeah. Yeah. Bigfoot yeah. hotspot. Yeah, there might be hybrids. Your mind works so wonderfully. <laughs> B. <laughs> oh, I kidnapped guess... by Bigfoot. Yep. Albert Osman, right? Yeah, Osman, yeah. He yep, he was kidnapped by Bigfoot. Accidentally. We think. Oh, accidentally. He was in a sleeping bag. Okay. And uh that's on our episode Kidnapped by Bigfoot. But uh okay. he was in a sleeping bag and he woke up to pots and pans and food being shoved on his head inside his sleeping bag, and then he got picked oh. up and carried off. It seems like the Bigfoot was just stealing all of his crap and yeah. didn't know he was in the bag. Because when okay. they dumped them out, they they kind of were panicked too. Like, like weren't supposed oh to shit. grab that. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! It's a fun. It's an interesting story. It's a very interesting story. But yeah, oh, I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, it sounds super weird. Oh, which one are Aren't you more most scared kidnappings of? accidental though? <laughs> well, uh, no, maybe by Bigfoot that would be accidental. Well, yeah, I think most that. are like yeah. yeah. They've which, set out. I want that person. <laughs> 
adult or child, they're like, yeah, that one's mine. Yep. You're coming with me. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Terrifying. Oh. Kidnapped by so Bigfoot. So we always, yeah, we always like to end our podcast with a little light, lighthearted story or something to refresh the palate from the gory and gruesome and scary stuff. So Declan, what chaser do you have for us today? So today I've got a show recommendation. Oh, uh, your me, shows Netflix. are always on point. <laughs> uh, it's called The Watchers. It's like brand new. I think it came out like last week or something. Oh. But it's like an eight part series about a couple that buys a house and just a bunch of weird stuff starts happening after they move. Oh, in. yeah. Yeah. We finished yeah. it. What's it on? It was on netflix okay the watchers yeah. we'll have to check that out we'll start it here in our break yeah yeah it's got a pretty good cast on it and I don't yeah know, it, it does i like the way it was shot a lot hmm. yeah it was very cinematic and well done that's awesome so, it seems kind of down our alley a little bit too mm -hmm. so, yeah yeah it's it's very like creepy like very strange things are happening to this family it's based on a true story out of New yeah. Jersey, Ooh. I believe Oh, it was. Pine Bearings. I'm yeah, sure it's in the Pine Bearings. Uh, I can't remember what town it was in, but it is out of New Jersey, and uh, it is based on a true story that I don't think has ever been solved. So hmm. very creepy and scary and weird, for sure. That's yeah. awesome. We'll definitely check that out. Yeah. Now... Before we let you guys leave, we have two things you have to do. Okay. Sorry, I, I, I was waiting for things. it to come back on. Uh, number one, <laughs> uh, I need you to tell everybody where to find you, your Facebooks, all that stuff. Go through that for everybody listening. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy podcast, you can find us on all of the typical podcast platforms we're also on youtube and uh you can find us on facebook we've got a facebook page and we also have a fan page so the facebook page is uh the brutal bizarre and boozy podcast and the fan book page is brutal bizarre boozy fans uh where you can interact with us and if you want to post something or ask any questions you can also check out our podcast we've got all of our contact information email and Instagram and everything on the show notes in all of our episodes. So you can reach us and find us there. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And now number two. This is our tradition. Okay. I'm going to count right. to three. We just all are going to scream bye. Okay. That's how we end every episode. I think that started at like, okay. what, episode five or six? Maybe. A long time ago. <laughs> About a year ago now. Yeah. All right. So, three, two, one. You've been listening to Cryptids of the Corn. Be sure to join us in the next episode where we tantalize your intellect and expand the horizons of your mind. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. 
Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode. Until then, stay magical. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.